This episode of Punk Rock HR is sponsored by The Star Conspiracy. The Star Conspiracy is the B2B marketing agency for innovative brands creating the future of workplace solutions. For more information, head on over to thestarconspiracy.com. Hey everybody, I'm Lori Rudiman. Welcome back to a bonus episode of Punk Rock HR. My guest today is Lance Hahn. He's the VP of Market Insights at a company called The Star Conspiracy. Lance also happens to be one of my oldest friends. And on today's episode, we talk about a really cool concept called the reverse mullet. I don't want to spoil it for you. And you heard me correctly, the reverse mullet, but do me a favor and head on over to laurierudeman.com forward slash podcast to see Lance in a mullet wig. Now this concept called the reverse mullet, it applies whether you work in human resources and marketing, sales, you're an executive leader, you're a business owner. It's the thing that happens when you prioritize the employee experience. So without further ado, sit back and enjoy this conversation with my good friend, Lance Hahn, king of the reverse mullet. Yeah, so I'm Lance Hahn, I'm Vice President of Market Insights here at the Star Conspiracy. Been in the industry for a long time. Um, it feels it feels longer every time I do one of these webinars, but work on research and uh, insights for the Star Conspiracy, work as a columnist, do stuff like this, speak, do webinars, write, all that good stuff. It's been, it's been, it's been an adventure. Yeah. And where are you based? I'm based in Vancouver, Washington, just outside of Portland. How about yourself, Lori? Well, everybody, I'm Lori Rudiman. I'm a writer, speaker, and, you know, just bon vivant, just a charming lady in the world of human resources. And I have a book, called betting on you. But more importantly, I am a friend of the Star Conspiracy, passionate about the messaging that they do on WorkTech. And I'm coming to you live today from St. Louis, Missouri, in the home of Steve Smith, where I was doing a keynote. And Steve, my Yeah, friend, one of our partners. Yeah, yeah. Star Conspiracy loaned out his computer. So Lance, I feel like I'm on brand for this discussion about <laughs> <laughs> so, Totally. You're in St. Louis. You know, I mean, I think they got some mullets there. I think so. I think so. So let's let's talk about just like table stakes. What the hell? Why are we talking about mullets? Yeah. What, what Does is Does it this? make sense? So really quickly, let's talk about a regular mullet. So the mullet business up front looks good from the front. Party in the back. Our friend Vadim rocked one. I think he's still rocking one. I don't know. Yeah, he's, I saw him he, the other day. Yeah. yeah. Does he still have the pink tips or? Uh... No, no. He's He's gone corporate. Okay. That's, that's tough. That's the party in the back, you know, so it's, it's business up front party in the back, you know, you get the long hair. Sometimes you can perm it. There's lots of different styles with the regular mullet. A reverse mullet is party up front business in the back. So when we talk about this, we talk about most businesses are set up like a mullet where you're putting the interest of your shareholders, customers, and then maybe, you know, employees towards the back. The good stuff is in the back, things that are good for employees, things that are good for customers, shareholder, we're all business up front. And so what we're going to be talking about today is why we should reverse that. We should put the party up front. We should be worrying about the business towards the latter half of this. So it doesn't look good. Obviously look like doesn't it with the hair in front of you, but you can really look at it that way. Basically that's what we're going to talk about today. We'll kind of go deep into that. That's why we're talking about mullets. That's why I'm wearing this 
ridiculous wig. Well, Lance, I mean, first of all, I want to see you and your daughter in a photo in that wig. So just put that on. <laughs> um, so, you know, the context is really important because the world is on fire. Things are crazy. We've got stuff going on in Ukraine and people are still bitching, moaning and complaining that you can't find talent, right? Give me the context of what's going on. Why would a reverse mullet make sense and even matter in this moment? Yeah, it's a good point. We've seen a lot of this stuff about how nobody wants to work anymore. You see the signs like I drive around my neighborhood and I see signs out all the time, you know, hey, work for us, you know, pay $15 an hour, pay $20 an hour, those sorts of things. But then you see when you actually go through this process and you've seen a couple of articles on this, one person who did, he like applied for like 50 positions, got a response from one. Do we really have a crisis at this point? You know, are we in a talent war? Are we using those terms again? I think we can look at, at the world right now and you can see that something's really broken, you know, and I think we used to, talk about this a lot as human resources professionals. We talked about, you know, low engagement scores. We talked about dissatisfaction and work. We talked about turnover. We don't have just like one canary in a coal mine. We have thousands of them now, uh, millions of them. They're quitting their jobs every single day tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people are quitting their job every day. And people have told us for years what makes them dissatisfied with work and what's locked them in in the past was just like, just not a lot of opportunities to do anything about it. But I think, you know, one of the things we see now is that they're acting on it. They're quitting, they're ghosting, they're shit talking brand, your, your employment brand online because, you know, you make them upload the resume first and then you make them fill out all the same shit again. Legitimately just boycotting brands, not just from an employment perspective, also from a customer perspective. Uh, posting memes on like Reddit boards, like recruiting hell and anti-work. There are all kinds of things out there. There's definitely a turn in what's happening out there in the world. And you know, something has to change. I think we've seen a lot of passive action. We've had a lot of people hope that maybe this is just going to be temporary. Or maybe I don't have to do anything about this right now. We just kind of ride this out and, you know, hopefully unemployment will stabilize and people will stay longer and we'll just kind of go back to normal. I don't think that's happening. So Lance, I think about the reverse mullet and if we swing it around, right, we've got the party in the front and we can meet the needs of the employees where they are to get our organizations to go where they ought to be. But if you swing that mullet around, number one, you can get whiplash. And number two, it could also be incongruent for your organization. So I just wonder any quick thoughts if you're in a forward facing traditional mullet organization, where do you even start? You got to grow your hair out, right? And I mean, that's yeah. the thing cut your bangs, it's detrimental. And then you got to start the process all over again. So how do you grow your hair out? How do you grow in that reverse mullet? Well, okay. A couple different things. I think the pitch isn't like just get a new HCM solution. <laughs> right. When did that ever solve just, world? Just get worked in. You'll be fine. Totally. Come on. A couple different things here I'll, I'll kind of go over. You know, one I think is having like a really strong vision for what your organization is. So I think if you think about what you want to do as an organization, not what you want to do as a CEO, what you want to do as an organization. So I think having a strong vision there is super helpful. If you're in HR or you know you, you don't have access, that's not a great place to start though, because it's a long initiative if you don't already have something in place. One area to think about is communication. A lot of it is not trickery. It's just thinking about how do you create that environment where employees want to excel. You hear a lot of CEOs talk about, we got productivity goals. We got to hit this number of widgets produced, or we're not going to be profitable. Instead of that, I mean, so if you think about like, what do I care if like the profit is 10 cents or nine cents, it doesn't matter unless I'm, you know, a major institutional shareholder or if I'm a CEO whose pay is dependent on those numbers. As an employee, do I care about that stuff? Not so much. So a lot of the things that we see people start with is just, you know, creating a communication plan that's about talking about the ideal employee experience that leads to hybrid 
productivity, for example. So switching this around. So like you say, like we do want high productivity. We do want to create widgets. That's part of running a business. We got to be realistic. We want to make money. We want shareholders to make money too. Plans with that mullet. Come on now. Yeah, exactly. don't want to get that. But I mean, let's do this in the employee experience. So let's take this back here. Let's create a safe environment for each other. We know that a safe environment, you know, you, <laughs> we've dealt with safety issues, both of us in HR career. We know how detrimental, how expensive those are, how it shuts down a plant for hours or days, you know, when you have a safety incident, for example. That's one way that an employee's incentives are very well aligned with the organization's incentives. So you say like, hey, let's create a safe environment for everybody. Let's finish the work in front of us before moving to the next. Let's make sure that we're finishing the job. Let's make sure we're delivering a high quality good because what I find is most employees don't want to work for a crappy company making crappy products. They want to work for a good company making good products. And so if you talk about making quality product, you talk about taking it one step at a time. Those things are, you know, I think really powerful stuff. And people care about that stuff. And I think changing your language, I think people say like, you're just switching the words around. Who cares? But I think it changes how people think about the challenges that you're having as an organization. All right. So we've flipped the mullet around. We've reversed it. We're trying to build this new organization. We start with communication, right? And we have a vision for our workforce and it's not top down, right? We involve them. We speak. That's right. Right. So can you talk to me a little bit more? Because there are all these movements out there that really interesting organizations are doing to get their employees more involved in the actual democratization of work to reverse that. So what does what does that look like? Yeah, it's a crazy world out there. So you look at, you know, DAOs. You and Brett talked about this on your podcast. And I think he does a really good job of talking about that. There's a lot of those movements taking place here. And I think part of doing that, I'm not necessarily like uh, endorsing DAOs, by the way. Like, I mean, I think there's lots of good things. I think there's also thoughtfulness about what sort of management tax do we want to put on our entire organization? Again, goes back to the type of employee experience that people want whenever they do. What kind of decision-making power do people want? What's the important thing? And what's the non-important things? You know, I don't think we need to have people weighing in on the payroll provider here. You know, as long as it's... You can. The key is to ask and involve your employees. That's right. Yeah. To have that communication. So I love it. All right. So we reverse the mullet and we talk about the benefit to employees, right? More communication, potentially more democratization. What about with our customers? Because I think that's a process of explaining that you're operating your organization differently. Or is it? Do they even care? No. Like, I think this is, it's really like an alignment of incentives, right? We don't have to tell people that we're a reverse mode organization, although we're out there, you know, evangelizing it, but you don't have to tell people that you just have to operate that way. And the ways that organizations will will operate that way, it just becomes apparent in the way that they're interacting with your people. I always like the example, there's a dive bar down the street from my, you know, the people there are great. People know each other's name. It's a cheers vibe, but like, it's not like that glassy. You could tell that like they're unencumbered by like worrying about profit of their employer, their employer is going to be fine because they've got regulars, they've got people they interact with. You know, they have a Christmas party every year where a lot of their customers don't necessarily have families around the area. You know, they bring people that they know are shut-ins to this Christmas party. And so like, I think it's one of those things where, again, it's not a piece of software. It's not necessarily even like a big, huge management shift. If you've got the right idea, it becomes very apparent to your customers 
um, very quickly that you're an employee-centered organization. And I think like you, you want to support those companies, right? I think especially now when you look at sort of the world and everything that's happening, you want to support your local organizations, you want to support organizations that are taking care of their people rather than companies that aren't. For sure. All right. So we've got a system here where we're reversing the mullet for employees. Customers don't even know it, except maybe they know it because life is better. They enjoy yeah. being with you more, shopping with you more, interacting with your employees who look happier. Totally on board. What about executives and boards of directors who are like, no, 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 we're in charge. What do you do with your CEO in a reverse mullet organization? What do you do with the chair of your board? Like what happens to those dudes? And I choose dudes intentionally. Yeah, well, they're mostly dudes. You can't pat them on their head and say, yeah, you're still in charge. You're still... <laughs> But, they, right? but I mean, they are in charge. Their names are they're, on the they're Absolutely. They they're, where do they go? What do they do in a reverse mullet organization? You know, I think one of the things that we see, some organizations I think are doing this really well is like, this is a long transition. So it's not something you just pull the cord on. Convincing a CEO that this is the right move, that it's going to be actually like, it's going to be okay for them is big. It's also part of the societal change here that I think I should mention. I mean, I think 100x, a CEO is getting 100x more salary than the average employee is not sustainable in any thing, unless we want to start, you know, pulling out guillotines and doing that sort of thing to these guys. I think we can't sustain that. You don't have to make it that stark for CEOs, but you have to say like, look, change is coming. We want to be successful. We want to have a durable, long lasting future as an organization. What does that look like? You have to be really thoughtful about how you approach this with CEOs because they got to their position because they're very good at disseminating information, taking control, taking care of big issues like that is part of their bread and butter. They're smart. They can decipher sort of what's going on in the world. And so like also not talking down to folks and saying like, look, this is real. I think it really is a stepped approach. Here's some steps that we could start going that direction. And knowing that if you've got a really honest CEO, someone who could show a little transparency or vulnerability, they can also say like, this is part of our journey. We're not going to get it right. hundred percent of the time, you know, the start conspiracy, we don't always get it right, but I think commitment to it and steps is a way to do it. Not just because it maybe pulls that out or draws it out long enough for them to maybe say, maybe we go back to normal at some point. Maybe we go back to the regular mullet at some point, but because it's a big shift, like you said, it is like growing out of mullet. It's cutting those bangs off. It's going to be a big change. Well, all right. So we've got CEOs who are there for a reason, right? And we've got to kind of work with them to let them know, we know you like being a CEO. Things may change, but don't worry. We're not going to cut your heads off, right? Yeah. We're to flip the mullet around. I think about social good as this final piece. Like what is the outcome for that? Because a lot of people would say we're too far gone. It's difficult to yeah. heal. Planet. These are big problems, bigger than companies can solve, right? No company can solve for racism, sexism, transphobia, right? Too big. What do you want a company to do? Well, one, we focus on what they can control. I mean, just like individuals, and we talk a lot about what are we doing in our local community? What can we control? So for example, you're not trying to save the world but maybe you're trying to save pets, save the lives of pets and then trying to find places for them to live. I don't think it has to be a huge thing. It has to be things within your control. And employee experiences is within every organization's control. You look at sort of where you can start there. I think the best place to start is employees, enabling them, listening to them about the issues they care about, and then supporting them. I think in really focused ways, rather than like trying to just spread money everywhere, spread effort everywhere. I think, you know, finding some of those focused areas where you can make a difference. And, you know, I think we see this happen in a lot of different ways, you know, so like, you know, one, you know, you, you look at something like Ukraine, what's happening there with Russia's invasion, you know, the star conspiracy is not going to solve that issue, but we can take care of some of our partners and friends there. You know, Brett has done a bunch of posts about these if you haven't seen it on LinkedIn, but, you know, we're going to get body armor to our friends there in Ukraine. And that's something we can do. That's 
something we can control. We can't get rid of Putin as an organization. I don't think anybody can, honestly, but we can make a difference. You know, when we listen to our communities, when we listen to our customers, employees, we listen to our broader community, that suggestion came from one of our outsource partners. And so I think there's also a role here in thinking about, you know, how do you use outsource partners, contractors, freelancers? Because I think that makes a difference too, because employees are going to see how you treat an outsource partner. We know a lot of people in the HR tech space use Ukraine outsource partners and, and developers and people that live there. Some large organizations are actually based or, or founded in Ukraine. And so making sure we don't do the same mistake that we did with COVID, which is basically as soon as the money trying to pull everything out of there, like, sorry, you're an outsource partner. That's part of the risk. Goodbye. You know, rather than doing that, thinking about what sort of positive impact can we do? And I think that's the most meaningful thing we could do. I think, you know, if you get larger, you know, you can do larger things, but, you know, I think for every organization, you've got an opportunity to make an impact on social good. Steph, yeah. I'm going to ask you straight away, are you pulling my leg or do you really think the reverse mullet can fix work? Because <laughs> I'm effing passionate about that. Right. And yeah. A lot of gimmicky things come and go, you know, like, oh, this piece of software is going to fix work. This idea being vulnerable, buying a Brene Brown book is going to fix work. Absolutely. Uh, Brene Brown, right? But she she has not fixed work yet. So <laughs> reverse mullet, like, is that going to do it? I think so. I mean, I'm really passionate about it because it's a bigger idea than just a piece of software or a book or something that um, is sort of a one-off thing. And it's something that's evolving. And I think it's sort of a what I think about it as an ethos of something that you could sort of point to the North Star and you could say, in every decision I'm making, if we are thinking about a payroll system, what kind of payroll system is going to meet the needs of our employees the best? You know, I think you can make a lot of decisions based off that matrix. And I also think it's flexible too. So like, I mean, the needs of some employees and in some industries are going to be different than others. So we look at this as a professional services organization, what a great employee experience looks like in a manufacturing organization is really different, but it could still be successful. So I think it's one of those things where I don't think it's gimmicky. I think we could call it whatever we want. I like the reverse mullet, but I mean, you know, we could call it whatever we want, but that employee-centered experience, I think is a really durable idea. Maybe it doesn't fix work for everybody, but maybe it fixes work for enough people to look around and say like, well, I'm going to look around at some ships that are sinking and some ships that are doing really well. And I'm probably going to try to find a way to get on the ones that are doing really well. And that's one thing where I feel pretty good about capitalism is that, I mean, if we let employees make decisions about where they want to work, if we enable those pieces, that's one of those sort of invisible hands that everybody loves to talk about that is actually impactful. If you don't have availability of talent, if people just figure out that you're a shitty place to work for, your talent supplies eventually dries up. Well, Lance, it's been really fun to hang out with you today. Yeah. Well, it's to talk about, you know, employee first organizations. And if people want more information, they can head on over to the starconspiracy.com. And we hope that you're going to lean into this reverse mullet. We hope getting that- rid of my regular one right here. <laughs> Gone. And we're getting rid Lance- of the mullet. <laughs> For Lance Hahn, I'm Lori Rudeman. And thanks again. Don't forget to check us out at thestarconspiracy.com. Bye, everybody. Thanks, y'all. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Punk Rock HR. We are proudly underwritten by The Star Conspiracy. The Star Conspiracy is the B2B marketing agency for innovative brands creating the future of workplace solutions. For more information, head on over to thestarconspiracy.com. Punk Rock HR is produced and edited by RepCap with special help from Michael Thibodeau and Devin McGrath. For more information, show notes, links, and resources, head on over to punkrockhr.com. Now that's all for today, and I hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next time on Punk Rock HR. Punk Rock HR.